what's going on? This is Greg Bueno, and I'm your host of The Bueno Take. Welcome to episode one of my show, and it should be fun to talk about baseball during the offseason, and then when the season comes around, it'll be great to take it on. So, uh, The Bueno Take is an idea that came to mind as I talked with a lot of friends, um, and family over over baseball. They thought I had decent ideas and they thought that I had something positive to give in and I'm I'm trying here to make somewhat of an effort to to bring a few concepts into mind and uh a few of the things that I saw uh during the season 2017, 2016. I've been a a Twins fan since 2011. So I haven't seen a great deal of success but definitely 2016 was an encouraging year um i'm gonna touch on three topics today and then we'll go from there the first topic is the 2017 minnesota Twins season it was definitely a roller coaster i i watched them from game one all the way to game I'm going to call it game 163, which is really the wildcard game. But we played 162 quality baseball games. Yeah, there were some heartbreakers. And there were some games that you just said, you know, this is by far the best game I've seen in my lifetime. It was a game um, that I saw in late September against the Cleveland Indians. We hadn't clinched quite yet. And we were down 6-4, to four, I believe. And the top of the eighth, and Brian Dozier hits this three-run homer to right center field against one of the best relievers in the game. We lost our starter uh, after the first inning. Bartolo didn't go didn't go too deep. I think he was dealing with some uh, some sort of illness, and and it was definitely a rough game because we had to go with our bullpen, which. Uh, if you have been seeing just a little bit of baseball uh, this year, you know the Twins bullpen is not the greatest. It really grabbed people from left field that the Twins came so far and that they did such a good effort uh, and, and getting to to a playoff spot. That is something that is encouraging um, and that is something definitely to feel proud of as uh, as a twins fan the so those expectations were definitely overachieved and 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 it was and it was very exciting to see games like the Cleveland game and, and there was a a game in in July that the the twins were down 6-0 it was a Friday night game here in Minnesota and it was against the Orioles and the twins came back and won in 9-6 it it's amazing what Good motivation and a good hitting team can do against bad pitching staff. Uh, which is a great segue to one of the core topics that I'm going to touch uh, in in this show and is uh, the bullpen that we had. I mean, you look into the Twins' bullpen and the majority of pitchers that we had uh, in the bullpen were... Um, Average to say the least. Um, if you go down the list, I mean Matt Belisle, he's a guy was our closer for uh, the second half of the season, and it's you know he's not the greatest player just because he was a setup guy, 
And I've always said that closers are kind of freaks of their own. Um, They are special in a way that they can come in uh, three outs and... It's 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 a very interesting scenario. You look at someone like uh, Buddy Bo Shears. You know, another disappointing season for Buddy. I I really like the kid. It's it's just it's it's kind of disappointing to see that that we're still investing and in, in Ryan Presley, Michael Tonkin. They all have really great stuff, but their command is not the greatest i i did see some exciting players like john cordis or uh, alan buzanitz or trevor hildenberger these players that are coming up aaron sleekers uh chargoy they are definitely the future to look forward to this doesn't mean that we don't need any help but it's a good place to start and i think that they deserve a little bit of more opportunity uh, than the one given by the coaching staff. I, I do understand that they are kind of a young core, but, you know, throw the ball just like you did to Taylor Rogers, just like you took a risk with Brandon Kinsler. It's not a bad idea to give them some innings. And I'm sure players like uh, Moya, Mejia, are going to eventually flourish in the majors. We have been trying with Ryan Presley since we got him on the Rule 5 draft from the Red Sox in 2012. And it doesn't seem to me worth it anymore. If you look at someone like Brandon Kinsler, he is a guy who doesn't have the best stuff in the world, but has command. And that is something the Twins need. The Twins do not need Corey Kluber's. It'll be great to have him, but we can't afford players with amazing stuff. Let's just at least deal with command, now making errors, wild pitches, pass balls. Let's win the Twins way. Because that is the one way that the Twins have been able to actively be on the postseason race. You look at the early 2000s, you look at the 87 twins at the uh even the 84 85 twins with a team with uh, g-man and uh herbie you look at all these players and they won the twins way they had fun but at the same time they gave it all for every hit and every out and that is what made the twins great we cannot forget dan gladden spur ply levens This is what makes the Twins an amazing team and a team that is fun to follow. So, as a fan, I am looking forward to seeing a little bit of that in the upcoming years. One of the one of the most important um, dates, and for all baseball fans to be to be honest, is is the trade deadline. It was a very interesting uh, July for the Minnesota Twins because we had a West Coast road trip that included three games against the Dodgers. We lost them all three. Look, the Dodgers are on fire. Uh, you can see it. You can see it in the playoffs. You can see it uh, winning a hundred plus games. It 
They are a really good team. So getting swept by the Dodgers in Los Angeles is not a big deal. Now, we went to to Oakland, and by the time we got to the Bay Area, we got a player called Jaime Garcia from the Braves for a minor leaguer. So we, we traded this guy, this starter, and he comes in, he wins the game, but then we lose uh, the next two games against a struggling ace team. And then we go to San Diego, and in San Diego, we can only take one game. At the end of the day, the month of July didn't end up too well. And we ended up trading Jaime Garcia to the New York Yankees. And we traded our all-star closer, Brandon Kinsler, to the Washington Nationals. This was definitely a blow for the team. But one of the best ways to identify the Minnesota Twins in the 2017 season was resilience. How the Twins came back from very difficult situations, such as trading your closer and the starter that you just got, and came back and had one of the best August in Minnesota Twins history. We did great. We scored a bunch of runs, and it was definitely something that led us into September and ended up giving us a spot in the playoffs, which is something that... We hadn't gone to the playoffs since 2010. And that is a really long time for a good team like the Twins. All right, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the 2017 postseason. And Shaw's 0-1 pitch, a swing and a fly ball into right center field. Back at the wall, it is gone, a home run! Brian Dozier goes the opposite way! An eighth inning go-ahead three-run homer. And with one swing of the bat, the Twins have the lead. All right, thank you for staying with us. Um, The second topic on my list is going to be the 2017 postseason. Uh, And the Minnesota Twins were part of the postseason this year. And it was very exciting. I was very, very happy to see... Uh, the young core that we have finally play some meaningful baseball throughout September and finally get to that one game at Yankee Stadium that it really seems unfair. But these are the rules, and this is what we signed up for, and we gotta we got to learn how to win. we got to learn how to play the games, and we, you will only learn how to win by playing games. The start in New York couldn't have been better. We are winning 3-0. We knock out their uh, all-star starter in the first inning. He had one out. We had three runs. Everything looked great. I said it before the game. Our offense is going to hit, especially at a hitters-friendly ballpark like Yankee Stadium. That is not my concern. My concern is going to be, is our starter going to go deep? Because if he doesn't go deep, we will not have a chance against our bullpen. Our bullpen doesn't stand a chance against any other postseason bullpen. That is a fact. Bottom of the first, Irvin Santana was having trouble placing the ball in the strike zone. And eventually he gives up a three-run home run to D.D. Gregorius and the game is tied. That's when the game completely changed. Baseball is all about momentum. 
And the Yankees took that right back from the Twins and never gave it back. Look, I can go all the way through all all the innings, but it's something that for all Twins fans is a little bit painful. The game ended for me when the game was 3-3 on the bottom of the first. Did I watch the entire game? Yes. But I don't need to summarize something that seemed to be a game from any of the prior postseason appearances against the Yankees. Which leads me to talk about the New York Yankees. I don't think we're giving them enough credit. Look, I don't like the Yankees. I will say now, I will say it later. I don't like the way they do their business. I don't like the way they go out there and sign players. I don't like their stadium. Now, that is my personal opinion about it. But that doesn't take away that the New York Yankees are building a great team. With a great young core. You look at Greg Bird. You look at Starling Castro. Didi Gregorius is on fire. You needed a replacement for Derek Jeter. I think you found it. Ah, you look at Gary Sanchez. Wow, what a great hitter for a catcher. He is he has so much power as a catcher. It's great. It's also amazing to see Aaron Hicks in center field. I really like that. Good for him. Yeah, it hurts a little bit that we got John Ryan Murphy. But gosh, is he playing well in center field. And all rise for Aaron Judge. It saddens me a little bit about Aaron Judge because he hasn't been having the greatest postseason so far. He might later on, but he is a young guy, and I don't think people give him enough credit. 52 home runs as a rookie. 52 home runs. That is crazy. Brian Dozier hit 42 last year, and we thought that was amazing. 52 as a rookie. Look, I don't want to hype him up, say, you know, he is the next great Bambino. No. He has played one year of professional baseball, and we'll see if pitching makes the adjustment. I don't think the national media is being fair with Judge, and he's a good prospect, just like Byron Buxton was at some point. Just like Chris Bryan was at some point. So let's just wait and see what happens. It's an exciting team, and uh, they're in the ALCS right now against the Astros, and and boy, that's a great series. That's a great series. Astros, wow. You know, I like that team. They, they've they built their team from within. Uh, you know, you look at the Altuves. He reminds me of uh, Rod Carew. It doesn't matter where the ball is pitched. He's going to get a hit. It's incredible. Another player uh, that I really like is Carlos Correa. Wow, I wish we would have gotten him. You look at Brian McKinn, Dallas Keiko, Justin Verlander. I like him way more now that he is with the Houston Astros. As a Tiger, I don't think I could have ever liked him. He pitches great. He's on fire in in the postseason. The big disappointment this postseason, definitely the Cleveland Indians. They shot themselves in the foot. They're 2-0 up against the Yankees and then a young Yankees team. Which, credit to the New York Yankees, they they did great of coming back and winning three games. But 
the Cleveland Indians should have won at least one of those three games. They are a better team overall. They have a better bullpen. They have a better starting staff. They have a better hitting staff than the New York Yankees. Yet, it's not about who's better. It's about who wins, right? And the Cleveland Indians just shot themselves on the foot. And and for me, they were the contenders to win it all. It's a story of a small team. But definitely my MVP of the postseason is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Whether or not they win it all or not, they have such a good young core. Their starting rotation is anchored by a true ace like Clinton Kershaw. You got Rue, you got Maeda, you got Darvish. It's ace after ace after ace, but they have a true ace in Clayton Kershaw. They have a true closer on Kenley Jensen. You look at Cody Bellinger on first. You look at Yasiel Puig that they completely recovered. This team is built to win. Yeah, they have the biggest payroll in the majors, but this team is good. And they win. They win. They swept the Diamondbacks 3-0. They beat the Chicago Cubs 4-1. It is something to look forward to. In the World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers. If you haven't had the chance of, of watching a game from them. Uh, you're missing out. They're a good team. They play good baseball. They pitch well. They run the bases. They hit it out. It's it's a fun team to watch. Uh, which leads me to the next uh, break. The third topic is definitely my favorite topic. Is uh, looking to the Minnesota Twins 2018 season. We'll be right back. A high blast to deep right field. Mauer with a grand slam. All right, welcome back to our final segment of the Bueno Take. Uh, Our third topic is going to be looking forward to the 2018 Minnesota Twins season. And this is going to be fun. This team is built for winning. Remember, the core of this Twins team won in AA and won in AAA. The Jose Barrios, the Max Keplers, the Byron Buxtons, the Kenny Vargas, the Miguel Sanos. This team was built to win. And they have already. So it's time for them to win in the majors. And they will. I trust them. I trust them. And expectations for this year, unlike last year, they are pretty high. Um, I had my doubts about Paul Molitor and... I think I was very vocal about it at the time. I thought he had a a weak hand. He didn't take out pitchers when he had to. Put on players that were not hitting well. And bench some players that were maybe hitting a little bit better. But over the 2017 season, he started showing a few traces that he was a good coach. And that he was learning. Yeah, it is his third managerial year. 
in the majors. And that is that is not easy. You got to deal with a lot of personalities, a lot of celebrities. And we never give them enough credit for that. And sometimes it's just hard. I really like what he did with Eduardo Escobar. Wow, he's a good player. He's a utility player. Not a superstar, not an Aaron Judge, not a Miguel Sano, not a Brian Dozier, not a Cody Bellinger. He is just an average happy guy playing the game of ball. I am sad to announce that Neil Allen has left the Minnesota Twins organization. Results speak for themselves. Our bullpen was bad. Our starting rotation was subpar. So some fresh air might be a good idea for our pitching staff. We have been making a few... There have been significant improvements in the Twins' front office. The scouting department has gotten a big boost by hiring uh, John Manuel, who was the chief editor of Baseball America. He did this for 10 years as a chief editor, and now he's going to come and direct the Twins' scouting staff. And, And this is something that, as a reader of Baseball America... I am going to miss, but it is going to be really good to see Manuel in a scouting role directly with a baseball club. All right, so free agents, free agents, which is a an interesting topic to talk about so early, even when the postseason is not nearly over. But we need to talk about a few players that that I really think that could help the organization, especially where we're going and where we want to be at the end of the 2018 season. I can't say that the Twins are going to win the World Series. That's unreasonable. But I think we can at least get back to the playoffs and maybe go into the Divisional Series. The first free agent that I would really like to have and sign him to a two-year deal is CC Sabathia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first concern I'm going to have is, well, Greg, he is too old. He's 37. Yeah, he is old. He's going to be a mentor for those Latin players. Yeah, Bartolo Colon can do that, and Irvin Santana can do that. The difference is, CC Sabathia won it all in 2009. He has been a Cy Young. He could be a good alternative for the Minnesota Twins. I would like to have someone like Jay Carrieta if we were talking about improving our starting rotation. But I think Jay Carrieta is going to get a lot more money, especially because he's just 31. And I, quite frankly, don't think we can compete with a team like the Dodgers or a team like the Angels or even the the Yankees are probably going to go for him. So realistically, I'm looking for someone experienced with uh, a lot of innings like CC Sabathia that can guide the team forward. Let me see what we got for relievers. I do want to mention that good teams like the Indians, good teams like the Cubs, the Royals, the Yankees, even the Dodgers, they all have a good closer. And this is far-fetched, and I really hope we, we, we look into this in the long run. Going after someone like Wade Davis, he's going to be a free agent, and you can offer him $12 million a year for three years, and you can probably get yourself a good deal. Now, someone like Addison Reed wouldn't be a bad closer. He's also a free agent, and he's only 28 years old. 
Greg Holland. He's 31. He had a fantastic season with the Colorado Rockies. So it's not a bad idea. Let's bring back Pat Neshek. We need to bring arms into that bullpen. It's not about signing one or two. If you're going to sign just one, please sign Wade Davis. Now, I know that very likely we're not going to go after Wade Davis. So let's bring Pat Neshek. Luke Gregerson is up too. Tyler Clippard. Koji Uehara. And as far as, as hitters, uh, free agents, I don't think we need any batters out there. We, we have a good team position by position. I mean, you got, you got Maurer, Dozier, Polanco, Sano, you got Jason Castro, premier outfield with Rosario Buxton and Kepler. We have uh, Eduardo Escobar as a utility player. So that wouldn't be the place I would go if I was the front office of the Minnesota Twins. Now, for next season, we have a few players that are becoming free agents or are eligible for arbitration. And free agents are generally hard to bring back, or sometimes you just don't want to bring them back. And arbitration, it's an easier process. Now, for those of you who are not very familiar with the process of arbitration... Uh, this is a process in which two parties submit their monetary proposal, which in this case is uh, a salary proposal, to a third-party arbitration board who, after a hearing, make a determination in which proposal will be accepted. If the two parties, a.k.a. the player and the team, cannot figure out an amount, they will go into an arbitration board. For arbitration, we have... Kyle Gibson, he's in his second year of arbitration, so he has one more year, and then he becomes a free agent in the year of 2020. Ryan Presley is eligible for arbitration as well. He hired Adrianza, it's his first year of arbitration. And uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the big names. As far as players that become free agents, we got Hector Santiago, uh, Glenn Perkins, and Matt Belial. Uh, Hector Santiago, he didn't play after he had a dispute in July with, with the coaching staff. Glenn Perkins, uh, he had a very big club option of $6 million. And it, after, after all his injuries, it wasn't a good idea to bring him in on board. So the Twins have declined that option. He became a free agent. And uh, what, I, what I do hope is to bring him back as a minor league contract and see where he goes during this season. Matt Belisle. I know that there are some talks of bringing back Matt Belisle and Brandon Kinsler to the organization to reinforce that bullpen. I like that idea. I like bringing back these players. They, they definitely did well for the Twins this year. It really, ultimately, is going to boil down to mentality. We have to have a winning mentality. And I don't think we have had that for the last seven plus years. It's not easy to beat New York. I I understand that. There is something beyond playing that it's happening. And I, and I, and I really boil it down to mentality. We, we think that we can't beat them. We are a good team. We... We need our fan base. We need that stadium sold out. That's a beautiful stadium. And if the Twins are going to the playoffs, that stadium should be full. 
But look, a team like the San Francisco Giants, they play nothing this year. But their stadium was sold out every single time. That is my third topic. I, I do have a final take section that is uh, all about my audience. You know, I, I'm i making this show because I love baseball. I want the Twins to be great. I want them to win. I feel like sometimes we are a little bit too soft on them. As a fan, I can tell you that if I'm harsh on the Twins at some point, it's not because I don't like them. But it's because I want them to be a good team. I want them to win. And sometimes tough criticism is what you need. So I'll be there to cheer them on. Uh, My audience is those of us who want to talk about the Twins. I will accept feedback. I will accept people talking on the show. It's a fun time. It's something to look forward to every week. For me, at least, it, it will be. And given that it is the off season now and the news and the games are not coming as fast as one fan would like, my next show will be in within the next four weeks or so to allow to bring some quality content to the show to potentially bring more news and uh, and and see where we can go. So thank you for joining me for these uh, 30 minutes or so. We'll catch you next time on The Bueno Take.